We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Ducks have some of the freakiest players in all of college football, and we're going to be talking about them on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast, your premier podcast for all things Oregon recruiting and Oregon football. It is Thursday, August 17th, 2023. We're another day closer to Duck football and another day closer to the start of the high school season. So there is plenty to be excited about. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of headlines coming out. Lots of watch lists. Um, you know, you have you name it. It's coming out to get you more excited for the 2023 college football season. So before we get into today's episode, we are coming to you on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus and on your audio platform of choice. Uh, wherever you're tuning in, do us a favor and hit the like and subscribe buttons. And then even if you're on YouTube, go ahead and then leave me a comment. Let me know what you think about Duck football and some of the players that we're going to be talking about on today's episode of the podcast. Really trying to ramp up the podcast lately, and it has been a ton of fun. Just to share a little bit of a, I don't know if I call it an announcement, but some insight with you guys. My plan for the podcast moving forward is to go to five days a week. Uh, it's an ambitious goal that I'm going to set for myself, but I really think that I can I can ramp it up and take the show to another level, uh, whether we're talking about duck football, whether we're talking about duck recruiting. There is so much to get into, and I just really want to try to get the most I can out of this show and create the best experience for you guys. So if that sounds good to you, make sure you guys stay tuned in and follow along. And then I'm also thinking about doing a weekly mailbag podcast or live stream that usually happens on Friday, but we'll, we'll see what our plan is and how things shake out moving forward. So... As I said in the open, Oregon has some of the freakiest players in all of college football. And if you are an avid college football fan, you probably know where we were going with this episode. We're going to be talking about Bruce Feldman's annual freaks list um, that he writes over on The Athletic. He does a phenomenal job. He's one of the best national writers uh, in the country. And just to give you a little bit of insight in case you don't know, what this list uh, really kind of aims to do. This is reading from the, the story. 
I've been writing about the biggest freaks in college football for almost 20 years. I never imagined back then that this is what I'd be best known for in my career, but it's the thing I get asked about most. It's a pet project that has grown and grown and grown, starting when I was at ESPN and moving with me from CBS to Fox Sports to Sports Illustrated and here to The Athletic. The original idea was to spotlight the players whose athleticism blew the minds of folks inside their own college football programs. At first, there were just 10 freaks. Now this list has turned into something so much bigger as I've expanded it to try and cover all of college football's all of college football beyond FBS with submissions from schools, coaches, teammates, parents, NFL scouts, and agents. So this is an incredibly extensive list that Feldman has put together, and we have three ducks that we're going to be talking about on today's episode of the podcast. So Starting off with the highest ranked freak on the list from Oregon on the 2023 roster, you're looking at defensive end, edge rusher, Jordan Birch. Jordan Birch transfers in from South Carolina after previously being recruited by Dan Lanning during his days in Athens with Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs. Now he moves out west to try to put things together and really take his game to the next level after having some some mixed success in Columbia with the Gamecocks. He was listed on the updated Oregon roster, which was which was released this week at six foot six, 290 pounds. Uh, if you want to just get a little bit of insight into what he's been able to do at the college level so far, uh, he's played he's had three seasons with South Carolina and played a total of 34 games with 14 starts, 105 total tackles, 55 solo tackles, 50 assisted tackles, and then here's the numbers that you really got to keep an eye on. 12 and a half tackles for loss and four and a half sacks, five total passes defended. So he's a guy who can also wreck some havoc at the line of scrimmage, uh, even if he's not getting his hands on the quarterback. One interception and one touchdown. That came in the 2021 season. So that's that's Jordan Birch, and I wanted to read what Feldman had to say. He said, even though Birch is almost 300 pounds, he's hit almost 21 miles per hour on the GPS going 20.85, and he's vertical jumped 34 inches. Birch also back squatted 685 pounds and has done a sumo deadlift of 685. So you see some really good numbers there, clearly from Jordan Birch, just what he's able to do in the gym and the weight that he's able to move around. But I think I speak for a lot of Duck fans when I say they're probably hoping that Jordan Birch can be more than just a, a weight room weight room warrior in 2023 for Dan Lanning and Tosh Lapoy on that Ducks defense. We all know the biggest area that Oregon needs to grow, I would say, from the 2022 to the 2023 season is Jordan Birch. And Jordan Birch is kind of, oh, I'm sorry, from the 2022 to the 2023 season is the pass rush. The pass rush is that area that you're looking for that improvement. Sorry, total brain fart there. But Jordan Birch is going to be a huge part of that puzzle as far as the pass rush goes. Oregon lost a couple pieces from 2022 with DJ Johnson now playing for the Carolina Panthers. Noah Sewell is now on the Chicago Bears. So you lose a couple of those pieces that were some of your more productive guys, some of your more uh, chaotic guys, havoc wreckers in the backfield, if you will. But you have a lot of really good pieces coming back. And then you also added a number of really good pieces that I think are only going to make it easier or more likely 
that Jordan Birch has a massive impact for the Ducks on the field in 2023. Let's look at the pieces that are coming back. I, I think it's really important to mention this because these are the guys that Birch is going to be working in conjunction with. And offensive coordinators, they're going to have to plan for Birch and all these other guys that are making up this incredibly deep and incredibly experienced front line for Dan Lanning and the Oregon Ducks. Let's talk about Popo Amavai. You got him coming back. He missed all of last year with an injury, and he's been one of the most productive defensive linemen along the interior for Oregon since he's really been in Eugene. Then you also have Casey Rogers, who has been killing it since he came over from Nebraska with Tony Tuioti. You have Brandon Dorless, uh, who, who we'll talk about maybe a little bit later in today's episode. You have Keon Ware Hudson, Taki Taimani, who's 330 pounds and a large man that is not easy to move. You have guys like that uh, that are on the defensive line for Oregon. And then you also have some guys like Mace Funa, who checked in at 6'3", 270 pounds in the updated roster. So he's really putting on some weight, trying to go out with a bang during his career at Oregon. And who else do we have? You have Mateo Uyunglele, who was listed at 6'5", 270 pounds as a true freshman, had a standout performance in that spring game for the Ducks, and he is someone that everyone is really excited about for the defense in 2023. A lot of people are probably comparing him just in terms of the impact that they think he can have to Kayvon Thibodeau during his true freshman season for the Ducks in 2019. The Ducks went on to win the Pac-12 title over the Utes, and then they eventually ended up winning the Rose Bowl over Wisconsin as well. So those are some of the pieces that Oregon's going to have along the defensive line that I think is going to really make it easier for Jordan Birch to do his thing. Now let's look at him from a physical standpoint. Six foot six, 290 pounds. When I hear numbers like that, I'm thinking of a couple of former Ducks. I'm thinking about DeForest Buckner, who has been doing great in the NFL on the Indianapolis Colts. And then I'm thinking about Eric Armstead, who plays for my San Francisco 49ers and has been having himself a pretty nice career as well working with guys like Joey Bosa and uh, and some other guys. But I'm going to tell you, I don't really think that Jordan Birch is necessarily those kind of guys. Um, Eric Armstead is a Northern California guy, West Coast guy. DeForest Buckner is, is from the state of Hawaii. So those are a lot of the kind of, you know, those are familiar recruiting grounds for Oregon, right? Especially in the early 2010s, mid-2010s. And now you look at a guy like Jordan Birch, who's coming from South Carolina. So why I think that's interesting is this is, it's not just because of where he came from school in the transfer portal. This is an SEC caliber recruit who came from the Hammond School in Columbia, South Carolina, was a top 10 caliber recruit in the 2020 class, according to the 247 Sports Composite. Five stars, 0.9954. The point I'm trying to make here is this is not the caliber of defender that Oregon has typically brought into their program. This isn't the kind of defender that you usually have on the Oregon defensive line. Sure, you can say that they've kind of flirted with recent caliber with caliber of guys like him in recent years, surely winning that recruiting battle over USC and Ohio state for Mateo Uyunglele was huge, but 
on paper and certainly on the eye test, Jordan Birch is a stud. But there's a reason that he hopped in the transfer portal. You don't leave your school if you like your situation and, and things are kind of working out the, the way that you anticipated that they would. Jordan Birch is trying to get to the NFL. And by going into the transfer portal and choosing Oregon, he's sending the message. He's saying, hey, I like what Dan Lanning's building. I like what Tosh Lapoy has done. I think Tony Tuioti is an awesome coach. I think that those guys can get me to the league and take my game to the next level. And then conversely, Jordan Birch, he's going to help take this Oregon defense to the next level. I think that the type of athlete that he is is clearly on a freakish level if we're talking about speed, if we're talking about strength, power, things like that. Jordan Birch is going to play a big role just because of the space that he's going to occupy along the defensive line. And now you want to see how that quickness comes into uh, the equation here because he has a pretty pretty high top speed, surely for a guy of his size. You know, six foot six, near three hundred pounds, running twenty miles an hour—that's insane. But we know that the difference at the line of scrimmage—it's that first step. It's how quickly you can get off the line and beat your assignment. Uh, how how well you can can take on double teams, maybe get skinny and and move through those gaps. So I think that Jordan Burge is absolutely one of the guys that I'm the most excited about in this Oregon defense. He's certainly the face of this um, transfer portal hall for Dan Lanning and company heading into the 2023 season. But I think that there is a lot on the line in terms of just the expectations of Jordan Birch, uh, as well as just the coaching staff being able to get the most out of him. This is a perfect opportunity for this coaching staff to make a statement, not only for this year, this season, if he does well and goes to the league, you'll be able to use his success to, to market that to other recruits, to other guys that are coming in the transfer portal. So Jordan Birch is a crazy, crazy talent. And then the last thing that I want to add here, just talking about, we aren't usually seeing these, uh, these caliber of guys on the defensive line for Oregon. It's another reason Another example, rather, of how Oregon is leveraging the transfer portal. You know, look at Dan Lanning at Georgia. He didn't get Jordan Burst the first time around. Fast forward a couple years, kept that relationship going. He's in Eugene running the show at Oregon. Now he gives him a call and says, hey, uh, you know, my pass rush, I want you to be that guy that takes it from good to great. I don't even know if it was good last year, but we know that's the mantra that Dan Lanning has been using to attack this offseason and going from good to great. That's certainly what the Ducks are hoping to do here in 2023. So Jordan Birch, super excited about what he's going to be able to do. He comes in at number four uh, on the freaks list for Bruce Feldman uh, and is the first Duck that we're talking about on today's episode of the pod. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right. The next guy that we're talking about is a guy who's been generating some buzz lately. He's got some people excited when they're talking about that Oregon defense in 2023. Coming in at number 13, we have linebacker Devin Jackson. And Devin Jackson is kind of somebody who flew under the radar, I think, in, in this Oregon defense. He is one of a, a handful of recruits that the Ducks signed uh, I want to say in the 2022 recruiting class, let me double check. Yeah, the 2022 recruiting class, um, he he signed with the Ducks, and that was a guy that was part of Dan Lanning's first class at Oregon. But a majority of that 2022 class was recruited by Mario Cristobal. So I think when Dan Lanning took over, when you have the new staff come in, I think that the future is looking a little bit murky. But um, Devin Jackson's doing his thing. He decided to stick around. We've seen a lot of guys hit the portal uh, after the the new coaching staff comes in at any school, but we've all obviously seen that at Oregon as well. But Devin Jackson is someone who is in a great situation because Oregon's linebacker group was definitely, I would say, not great last year. Liability might be too strong of a word, but they they certainly underachieved as did that, that defense, if you're looking at the grand scheme of things. But that said, you lose Noah Sewell from a year ago. Keith Brown's gone. Jackson LaDuke's gone. You saw a lot of turnover at that linebacker position. And now Devin Jackson is is looking at that that room, and he's saying, hey, let me, let me see what I can do to make a name for myself in that linebacker room. I didn't come to Oregon to sit on the bench. I came here to compete. And – there is some really healthy competition going on in that linebacker room right now. Justin Jacobs comes over from Iowa, six foot four, two hundred and forty-five pounds. Connor Soeli, he comes from Arizona State. You got a couple of pieces from the portal that they're using to kind of bolster that room. Then you move Jamal Hill down from the secondary. He's looking huge. Jeffrey Bossa probably didn't even go home to sleep this offseason. He just slept in the weight room because now that dude's up to 230 at 6'2. 
Um, and I just feel like this linebacker room is is gradually progressing to to become more of that unit that Dan Lanning, I think, really envisioned when he took this job. Because I've said it before, but when when a head coach comes in for a new pro to, to a new program, he's working with guys that he didn't recruit or that he doesn't know very well. So now as time goes on, guys change their bodies, you bring in new players, new talent. Now we're seeing that defense look a little bit more like probably what Dan Lanning envisioned it was going to look like when he became uh, the head coach at Oregon and took that first head coaching job in his career. Um, so Devin Jackson is certainly somebody that has a lot of Duck fans excited. Uh, he hasn't really done a whole lot if you're just looking at his body of work. But, I mean, what would you expect? He's only been at Oregon for a year. But um, he appeared in five games and – played in the first four games of the season and was able to play in the holiday bowl, uh, but didn't burn a red shirt, um, which, which is good. He played nine total snaps on defense and 40 on special teams. And he had one tackle uh, in the win over BYU. So this guy, as far as game experience, this guy is as green as they come. Uh, but that there's plenty of room to, you know, evolve his game and just get him acclimated to the college level. Feldman had this to say about Devin Jackson. He has run 23.55 miles per hour, edging out sophomore defensive back Kamari Terrell's 23.47. Jackson vertical jumped 39 inches this offseason, power cleaned 335, and back squatted 605 pounds. When, we, when reporters spoke with Devin Jackson this past week out in Eugene, in his first media availability, there were some jokes flying around, a lot of talk about who's the fastest guy on the team. Uh, Roderick Pleasant is someone that I think really um, is at the forefront of that discussion, uh, coming to Eugene as a California State record holder in the 100 meters. Then you also have Makai. I, I don't know if it's Makai or Michael Williams, the um, decorated Oregon sprinter who has joined the team as a walk-on wide receiver, probably going to have more of a special teams role. Case in point here, guys, there is a whole lot of speed on this Oregon squad, and the fact that a linebacker is squarely in the mix for the title of the fastest man on this team says a whole lot about the upside of his game and the kind of impact that he can have on this defense in 2023. One of the biggest storylines of the offseason with Devin Jackson, or really just, I think, since he got to Oregon, because it didn't happen just this offseason, he said that he got to Oregon and uh, as a 2022 signee got to Oregon at 207 pounds and now in fall camp here in August just a couple weeks away from the start of the season he has bulked up to 228 pounds uh, adding about 20 pounds of muscle just an incredible body transformation and the biggest challenge for Devin Jackson has been and you know Jaworski Beckham Wilson Love and and that staff has been keeping that athleticism keeping that agility and not uh, as he is adding weight, you don't want to have to sacrifice one for the other. But it's no secret that when he got to Oregon, you know, if you're if you're not even 210 pounds, you're not really at linebacker frame. But now he's 6'2", 228 pounds, and he is in a great situation in that linebacker room. Uh, I think that he obviously has the explosiveness and the agility to be an impact player. But nobody in that room really, except for Jeffrey Bossa, has a really solid claim to playing time because Jeffrey Bossa is the only starting linebacker, uh, I believe, that is returning from this past season. 
um, that has experience in this system and that has produced and just played some some football for the Ducks. Um, you know, he obviously had some of his shortcomings as a linebacker last year, but uh, now Oregon's looking to make some noise in this four-two-five defense that they're playing. I'm pretty sure it's a four-two-five. Someone might have to double-check me there, but. The case in point here, guys, is that Jeffrey Bossa is probably the only penciled-in starter as of right now, I would think. But behind him, that depth chart is wide open. Uh, you would think that Justin Jacobs is obviously going to play a pretty significant role, but um, even if Jackson isn't a starter, I think that there is just a tremendous value that comes with having a guy who has been in the system for a year, he's bulked up, and he is an elite athlete. Devin Jackson is is one of these recruits that I think in the midst of the coaching transition, in the midst of the massive roster overhaul this offseason, he kind of got forgotten about. But I, I don't think that you guys need me to remind you, Oregon doesn't just recruit a, a bunch of scrubs. This is a four-star recruit. He was an Adidas All-American uh, top 110 player nationally, according to 247 Sports, and this guy can move. So I think that there is justifiable excitement around Devin Jackson, but you know we got to pump the brakes a little bit here because we just haven't seen him on the field uh, a whole heck of a lot. So the freaks list primarily focuses on athleticism, and boy does Devin Jackson have a whole bunch of that, and boy does Dan Lanning's defense need more of it. So I don't know that Devin Jackson is going to be a starter at any point necessarily this season, but I think he's certainly staking his claim to more playing time, to more snaps, and certainly being a main fixture in that linebacker rotation for Dan Lanning and the Ducks here in 2023. Got one more guy to talk about on today's show. Uh, just in case you're just tuning in or wherever you're finding the video, we're talking about the freakiest players on Oregon's roster in 2023. Uh, and do me a favor and hit that like button and subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell so you don't miss out on future videos, future press conferences, future live streams, and future podcasts like this one. So the last guy that we're going to be talking about um, kind of came in at a you know relatively low number, which was a bit of a surprise compared to Devin Jackson, of course, who was all the way up there at 13. But Brandon Dorless, defensive end Brandon Dorless, comes in at number 51, and he is listed on the updated Oregon roster at six foot three, 290 pounds. Enters his fifth season with the Ducks with 43 games played, 43 games under his belt, 81 total tackles, 20 and a half tackles for loss, and seven sacks to go along with five passes defended at the line of scrimmage, and. Um, this is kind of, I'd say before Birch, maybe even still, but certainly before Jordan Birch committed to Oregon, this was a guy, Brandon Dorless was the face of Oregon's defensive line heading into the 2023 season, and he is a talented guy. He was a little bit under the radar when he came to Oregon as a three-star recruit out of Deerfield Beach High School in the state of Florida, in the Sunshine State. Certainly not a state that Oregon has had a tremendous amount of recruiting success in recent years, but Kind of feels like every time they get a Florida guy, he ends up making a name for himself in Eugene. You're looking at Jordan Scott. Uh, you're looking at Charles Nelson in, in recent years. So there's plenty of guys that have come through Oregon from the state of Florida that have made a name for themselves. Here's what Bruce Feldman had to say about Brendan Dorless. 
quote, Dorless, a six foot three, 290 pounder, has similar power numbers to Birch, a 685 pound back squat, a 685 pound sumo deadlift, and a 345 pound power clean. He's also almost as fast, hitting 20.75 miles per hour on the GPS. So Brandon Dorless has some of those freakish numbers, those freakish athletic testing numbers that you want to see and that you probably wouldn't expect to see with your typical college defensive lineman. And I think what is very evident in Brandon Dorless's game, this guy is versatile, folks. There's not just one position that you pigeonhole him into along that defensive line. He's moved around a little bit, working on the interior primarily to start his Oregon career, and then has kind of gradually widened out a little bit, so much so that he is now kind of viewed as this hybrid edge defensive line uh, type guy. Um, I think a lot of you know your speed rushers you kind of see in that neighborhood of 240 to 260 pounds, but Brandon Dorless has 290 pounds on that frame, and he is bringing all of it at offensive lines in a hurry. I think that Brandon Dorless, aside from Jordan Birch and Popo Amavai, are, is probably uh, Oregon's best defensive lineman uh, in, in heading into the 2023 season and, and maybe one of the best uh, defensive line prospects for the Ducks in the 2024 draft, but we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. We don't have to, we don't have to jump that far ahead that we're not in draft season just yet. Heck the season hasn't even started. Um, so we'll, we'll pump the brakes there. He's going to have a big role on this defensive success in 2023. And he is the, I mean, I'm glad that he's on this list because I feel like he also just helps further the point I was making earlier. Defenses have to plan for Jordan Birch. Well, once you got Jordan Birch taken care of, guess who else you have to take care of? Guess who else is coming after that quarterback? Brandon Dorless. Uh, he's really stepped into his own since he's been in Oregon, kind of got to Eugene as a, a, a shy, kind of soft-spoken guy, and now he he's playing with a bunch of swag. He's playing with a bunch of emotion. He's a leader in that room for sure. I think has really helped this Oregon defense, even though they've had their struggles here and there. I think he's definitely been a unifying force as a leader on that defense since they've gone through a couple of different defensive coordinators during his time in Eugene, had Andy Avalos uh, in that 2019 and 2020, uh, those 2019 and 2020 uh, years. Keep in mind, the 2019 defense was the best defense that Oregon has seen uh, in quite some time. So Brandon Dorless was a part of that. That was his first year at Oregon. Um, so he's seen what it takes. He's seen what the finished product looks like when this defense is just pinning their ears back and letting it go. Granted, 2019 and 2020 were two very different seasons for the Ducks, certainly from a defensive standpoint. Andy Avalos ended up, I, I, I do that like he got the can, but he got the head coaching job at Boise State, his alma mater. And then in 2021, Tim DeRuder came in and really kind of um, just was a mixed bag of success. Uh, for as poor as the offense was, they really needed the defense to be better and uh, kind of looking back on it all, I'm surprised they had the success that they did uh, in that 2021 season as the defense really developed into this bend-don't-break kind of mentality. But all that said, Brandon Dorless has seen it all. He's seen the highs of the defense in Eugene, and he's seen the lows. He hasn't seen the 2016 lows. We don't need to relive that. Hasn't seen the 2016 lows, but this is a guy who's experienced. He's productive. He's athletic. Uh, he, he plays with emotion in the right way. He's an awesome leader for this defense. And he's part of the reason that I have really high expectations for Oregon's defensive line heading into the 2023 season. 
So trying to think if there's anything else I can I can add here uh, about Brandon Dorless, but um, I just think that he's in store for a big year. Uh, I'm excited to see where he ultimately lines up. Maybe it'll be you know moving him around to start the season a little bit with those games against Portland State and Hawaii, and then maybe Texas Tech is where he kind of truly finds a home, or maybe he never finds a home and he just ends up moving all over the defensive line for the Ducks here in 2023. Uh, as they try to figure out Dan Landing and Tosh Lapoy trying to figure out the best way to utilize his talents uh, in a loaded defensive line. I want to say it's a loaded front seven because quite frankly, it could be, but I just think there's too many question marks in that linebacker room right now until we see who the starters are, who the rotational guys are, and really just how that group comes together and, and does their thing. So lots of uh, excitement around that defense, certainly. Uh, looking to improve under Dan Lanning in the second year in his system. And um, boy, do they have some serious talent. And uh, how interesting is it that all three of Oregon's freaks come on the defensive side of the ball? I don't think that's too much of a coincidence seeing that Dan Lanning is leaving his mark on this program and really trying to, sorry, excuse me, this program had to catch myself there and really trying to, I don't know if I want to say make Oregon a defensive minded team or, make the defense the identity of the Ducks because just historically, it, at least in my lifetime, I'm 26, it hasn't been so much geared towards the defense, but maybe that's what the Ducks need to take that next step to win the Pac-12 in its final year, to get back to the college football playoff, to go to a New Year's Six Bowl, if, if that's the case too. You know, There's different ways that we can just define success in 2023, but those are a couple of them that I think would certainly – help Oregon and, and just kind of build off of that 10 win debut season with Dan Lanning. So that's all I have for you guys on today's episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. Appreciate you taking some time out of your day to talk some ball with me, talk some duck football. Make sure you lock in with me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at mtorissports. I'm tweeting away over on Twitter or X now. Still don't really want to call it X. I still want to call it Twitter. And then I'm posting some of my photos and videos uh, where I really track some of the best talent in Southern California uh, and obviously some Oregon commits as well out on the recruiting trail. I'll be at Modern Day versus Corona Centennial on Friday, so probably have some content going out over there. And then follow me on YouTube. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, at Oregon Football Max Taurus. Trying to, like I said, go five days a week and really ramp up that coverage so your support means the world. Really appreciate it. And then make sure you follow and read all my written work over on DucksDigest.com. So, uh, that'll do it for today's episode. Until next time, you've been listening to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast.